Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Las Vegas is just like any other big city in the sense that, unfortunately, when you have a lot of people, you're going to have a certain amount of homeless folks. It's just a part of life. Who's doing things about it? Well, there's a great story here in Las Vegas. His name is Tiger Todd, and Tiger came out of the electronics business to work with community heroes, and he helped transform over 30,000 homeless men and women into responsible, motivated, contributing members of society. And Tiger, I got to ask you, how do you get from working in electronics to doing this great work? I mean, was it something that had been calling you for a while, or did it just hit you at once? Yeah, you know what? I think there are a lot of things like the uh, Slumdog Millionaire story, <laughs> where you you <laughs> end up with 16 life experiences that add up to a day and a moment on, in the right place. Yeah, mine was more the uh, the Sherlock Holmes character in me, and uh, I think I all suffered from chronic heroism, but it had nothing to do with homelessness. It really had to do with the level at which you go, you know, above and beyond to say help a customer. Right. So I, I followed a UPS truck that was um, it's supposed to be delivering a part for one of my clients. Uh, I ended up found it behind a Walmart. There was a uh, uh, hope for the homeless type charity on the back. I gave them a bunch of money. They came to my store a couple weeks later. Gave them a ton more money. So I ended up at the park uh, where this group had. Um, somehow gathered uh, more than 1,800 homeless uh, to get food, and that was truly my first experience. You know, as I read through some of your stuff, Tiger, I got to say, it really goes beyond homelessness and just a kind of a philosophy of life, the ability to produce change. And the thing is, you're able to do it, you found over um, some of your experiences pretty quickly, right? It's not something that's going to take years and years and years to make that change. Yeah, and I think you've, you've hit the the primary point that other people you know, may have missed in um, in studying human human behavior. I uh, I had not. Uh, I was a math physics major. I sang and I you know, had a big band that sang some opera. Um, I was not uh, versed in education, psychology, or sociology at the time. So um, so as I later learned, I wasn't maybe harnessed by those restrictions. I, right. my, my qualifications were I had an entrepreneur dad, which means we wouldn't even have milk in the fridge if we didn't go sell something or provide a service for someone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I watched a ton of movies through my chain of electronic stores. You know, you, you watch that same clip, you know, a hundred times. So I had movie, movie formulas uh, programmed in me. And, uh, and I didn't have any kid friends. I was uh, run over by a drunk driver at age four, a body cast for six months, and I spent all my time, you know, hanging out with my dad at his work up until my parents divorced at age eight. So, so I came out there as this uh, maybe odd person who saw everything like a movie. So I figured if you can't solve a problem and even accomplish the impossible in two hours, like every <laughs> single movie, yeah. um, then I must not be doing it right. So, so yeah, so that's that's where I approached it like a movie. Well, and, and it is interesting because I think. There is something to that getting out of the box. Everybody knows how to do this the same way. Like, you know, you start out with, like you say, give him money. Then let's put a bureaucracy together. I think from some of this background, you know, you love love songs and you have all these different kind of, for lack of a better phrase, kind of quirkiness from growing up like that. It probably allows you to 
kind of see a wider range in people that maybe that because we, you have a certain openness that a lot of people just, you know, that, that do things the traditional way, so to speak, don't. Yeah, it's a good point. I really wish I had, had met you earlier and had you as my <laughs> universal translator to try to help understand. You know, many people out there, I believe there are, there are a number of extraordinary people out there able to, you know, solve problems. They might not be great at even managing something, but um, really gifted problem solvers. And while they are the best in the world, to quote Seth Godin, at what they do, they don't always know how to explain what they do. Right, which is a which is, and most of the business books, most of what we learn today comes from books of from observers, right? Not first person accounts, not people who actually did something, but those people who right. observed and used the language they could to determine what that was. And I'll tell you that uh, the differences and quirkiness, right? Every every movie starts with you have to have a relatable character. Now they don't have to be likable, but they have to be relatable. So, so again, that Slumdog Millionaire portion of my life, I think, I'll, yeah, I was able to. Um, to work in different worlds, to understand different people. and uh, But I think it was the second facet, and that was being able to see through all of the surface elements, the leaves, if you will, will to use a tree analogy. I was able to see through all that to see what each person had in common, what was a human at their core. And only later through my studies did I realize that those things were missing in higher education. Absolutely. And I look at this list of things you've done. I only hit a few of them, but, you know, your bio, you know, you went from a dishwasher and a waiter to working on a golf course, uh, then a cook and then a scientist, security guard, opera singer. I love that one. Entrepreneur. Is that kind of another thing, too, where you work in these many different fields? There's such different facets to each one of those fields and you meet such different people does that also kind of give you that openness where maybe you can see somebody when you're trying to help them change you can kind of see a world of opportunity that again maybe others can't show them yeah i think you you take someone who's only worked in one career maybe or maybe just trained through say social work and uh and again the work that social workers educators do is extraordinary but when it comes to a breakthrough moment or being that relatable character to get them past the hurdle to where now they'll listen to and learn from the educator or the social worker, um, I think, yes, you have to not just have the diversity of talents and experiences. You have to have the diversity of knowing there are other jobs out there. I mean, the very homeless person you're dealing with may only think they can work in a warehouse because that's all they'd ever done. Right. So right. to be able to share that there might be other aspects, other places for their talent, or using the movie Happy Gilmore, right? That uh, his his slap shot in golf, uh, when when coupled with you know two new trainings, right? You know, right. take care of your anger and a, and a short game would be excuse me would, from hockey would make right. you fantastic in golf. Yeah, and it's kind of a great way to look at it. Is there a challenge and even mo- but you know because I think you're right. I think people can't see themselves. You're a motivational speaker. Anyway, people just hear you talking to me. I mean, it's obvious. Is this something you've got to convince somebody first that there are these other opportunities so they can look beyond this very small window that they tend to look at life at? Well, uh, that's uh, probably a, a, with everything with me. It's a multi-pronged answer. I wish I was. I wish I was that. Too. I was that straightforward or simple, um, or or smart. Um, I. Uh, when I'm dealing with like a gym full uh, of, of school kids, you know, high school, middle school, university, um, there you have to leverage the knowledge that they are socially dependent. In other words, they have pack leaders, right? They, the bully, for example, everyone knows who that is. And uh, whoever that influencer is, 
Um, if you get that person to get it, then the entire crowd gets it. And it's actually a belief-changing moment. Um, so you can, you can very quickly, if you can alter beliefs in a large group, uh, you can then um, alter their behavior downstream, alter their reception to rational thinking and everything a teacher tells them. Uh, I, and, I, and I think that was the first, let's say, lucky circumstance with 1,800 people in a park and then me renting a bunch of chairs and building a massive sound system that we already had. One person hears, hears something and they get it, and then the people around them, that trust that person look and see the response on their face. And so they say, Oh, this must be true. Right. And so we had a bunch of social proof that, um, uh, that was effective. Well, and it's not just, it isn't like you're the, the, the homeless, uh, whisperer. I mean, you, you talk to a lot of people, right? I mean, it's, it goes beyond that. I mean, this type of motivation, it's wonderful to help people that are particularly down on their luck, but even for other folks, uh, this is something that translates across the board, doesn't it? I mean, you could get a bunch of business people in there and you get some middle managers in and really get to change the way they think. Well, and I, you're, you're absolutely right, and it, it's, a, it's a human issue. I, I think if you pull back all the veils, whether it's business, homelessness, um, a student, whatever these, these roles are, these masks, um, they're not necessarily Batman masks, whatever the masks are that, that people wear their identity, uh, to use terminology from the films, uh, I think once you pull that back, you find there's a core human. Unfortunately, humans don't start out, we don't come out of the box, as humans, we come out as something that really learns everything. I mean, I appreciate Lady Gaga's song, but we're, you're not born that way, Lady Gaga. You <laughs> learn and change into an engineer. You learn and change into a doctor or a marine biologist, right? So, yeah. so, so once you understand that we all have that core root ability to change, now you leverage that to find out, okay, what have they already changed into and who or what do they want to change into from here? So, yes, absolutely, it applies to school kids. That's how we found the, the four habits to homelessness and the fact that seventh graders had already learned them, which means somebody, someone's teaching it without understanding that. Uh, we find large corporations now have a bunch of people who, uh, who try to, to you know, use habit one. They, they, want, they want more money without adding more value, right? They don't take responsibility, right. which then threatens the livelihood. So, yeah, absolutely, these things are in common. Because they're human problems. Well, and it's part of it then, you know, we kind of live in a society where there's more and more of a sense of entitlement as the years go on and as life becomes somewhat easier. Do you have to fight with that? Because as you're sitting there talking about adding value, I'm thinking, yeah, a lot of people probably don't realize that. They're just accustomed to uh, being entitled to whatever they feel they're entitled to. Yeah, I just had a conversation at a business meeting uh, just about an hour ago on this, this very subject. You know, and one of the one of the CEOs said, you know, said, "When did this start?" And you know, I'm not sure there was a ground zero for entitlement, um, and I'm sure there are several aspects of it. But if we think about the why, right, using what Simon Sinek said to start with, why? Why did we start with? Why? Why do we have an entitlement to begin with? And I think it's. Um, um, in every generation, we found uh, hardworking, right, these, these American values or, or even old English values, whatever they were, um, that parent wanted the child to have a better life than they had. And right. I think, I think what, happens, what happened is they didn't see the value of all of that challenge, which we now know from brain, searches, uh, brain research grows myelin, grows your prefrontal cortex. And so by, by entitling, if you will, by giving without requiring earning, um, both to kids or through government services or however we did it. Um, I think what we did is we, we stunted some growth of some key properties inside the human. And, you know, your organization, it's called Hero School, and the concept of heroes seems like something that goes through on 
this is something you're really teaching, right? I mean, obviously you're doing that through the movies, which I think is fascinating because, you know, what what better reflection of society over the decades than go through the movies, right? You know, you, yeah. you can find everything there. So is this the type of thing, find those characteristics of heroes, what works and become an everyday hero, or how does that go? That's a, that's a great question. I think that's how it's been defined in the last 20 years. When we founded the movement, Marvel was in bankruptcy. And when I reverse engineered the math from movies that happened pre all the hero movies we have, um, you know, now, of course, that's used in every movie, my, my little math formula. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. We see Einstein come up with a universal formula for energy. Right. And then you come up with one for human change, and then you say, well, no, that's too personal. We don't necessarily want to believe it. But the business does, and the movies do. And so when we say hero, yes, we define a hero as someone who risks their life to help somebody else, right? Right. And, uh, and which, which, which accurately defines a villain as someone who risks your life to help themselves, right? Right. right? right. So, the, so the difference is using Maslow's hierarchy of needs and motivation. One who, who is self-actualized and lives at the top of humanity wants to help somebody else first, right? Somebody who's at the bottom, which is animal yeah. nature, they want to help themselves first, right? Self-preservation. So that's maybe the first, the first step. But I, what I noticed in the movies, and especially the ones, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, even going up through the, in the early 90s and mid-90s, is that the, the movies that really connected with the human was, about, was a story about one person who underwent a change, a character change. Right. They would say it in filmmaking. They call it the character must change. And so Peter Parker, of course, has to change into Spider-Man. Happy Gilmore, loser hockey player, has got to change into a golfer. And so we called it Hero School because it was the only school of its kind that produced change. Every other school seemed to only be producing growth. Right, right. So, See, this is, so, so I couldn't find it in psychology. So, yeah. so the, the, the accurate name for hero school was to undergo the hero process like literature 3,500 years ago or the movies and, uh, and actually have someone change from a homeless person back into a citizen, not just be a homeless person with help in a shelter. So and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a superhero movie because I'm thinking that would work even in the, if you think of the old story Marty where you know the guy finally gets comfortable with it you know what I am yeah. worth it you know and that's a, yeah. that's a change I, I, this yeah, is fascinating absolutely. this is fascinating stuff and consequently people need to know that you know in addition to taking helping take so many people off the streets and giving them uh, good lives I mean you work with all sorts of different businesses and institutions, everything from banks to, you know, Mitsubishi Electric Group. I'm looking at these Catholic charities. I mean, you're all across the board because I think what you're talking about works in all these different environments, right? It's all about uh, making the, the change. Yeah, it, it does. And, and I think when everyone struggles, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll just use the parallel, I mean, of course, this would work for Mitsubishi. I mean, you know, I, you know it's the quote from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And, of course, I see myself as Jessica <laughs> Rabbit, right? I'm not bad. I was just born that way. And uh, so I didn't get the, you know, so not being socialized with children, yes, I only learned from adults, which means, yes, in first grade I was befriending and listening to the teacher instead of the other kids. So by second grade I'm, you know, grading papers, uh, you know, and where I'm in a different, I'm in a different league maybe of learning. Um, so I looked stuff up. So I became this Sherlock Holmes character. Well, as you know from Gregory House, MD, or any Sherlock character, you're really – you're hated, but you're necessary, right? Right, right, and right. So, 
so um, so coming in, I've always come into place as a problem solver. I, you know, it was probably my, my key strength in my in the business world. And so many of the clients that I have in terms of business, um, whether it be through my old business or this um, the business now of helping businesses overcome this dependency, lack of initiative and work ethic in corporations, um, I think it all stems from, hey, look, I'm the problem solver. You already have the people in place that can get the, that can carry the job, but you can't do the breakthrough by yourself. And so by designing an entire, you know, holistic thing that, may, that gives everyone a role in a movie instead of us against them, um, you know, that becomes really the, the, the standard formula for, you know, for a Mitsubishi or, a, you know, or a corporation or a business. Uh, makes a lot of sense. But let's tell people how they can get involved with this because I think it's great. Now, first of all, your organization, that your, your charity, what is it? And more importantly, how can we get involved? Well, the, um, the, the name of it all, they, uh, people would uh, call it Hero School. So the charity has initiatives at the end, so Hero School Initiatives. But they can go to Hero School, H-E-R-O-S-C-H-O-O-L dot U-S. And, uh, and find a way to either benefit a business, or a business, and of course, if it's a business program, um, then part of the proceeds um, go to, to preventing homelessness in that area. So if it's um, you know Philadelphia or Chicago or, or our hometown here in Las Vegas, um, the charity itself um, prevents and reverses homelessness. So that could be um, how do you get us into a school to be able to do a, a, an assembly? You know, so in 45 minutes to an hour, we now have kids that want to learn from teachers instead of each other or television, right? Right. So, so, um, so yeah, so heroschool.us, I think the main line, uh, the main phone number is 702-795-7000. We will check that out. Also, if they want to hire you to work with a business or give a speech or something, is there a way to get a hold of you or do we just do it through the, that same, group? Same phone number, same, is like same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> I, see, I just watched too much TV as a child, didn't I? Anyway, uh, so, so yeah, it's one, it's one portal and um, so the website can port them into the charity and they can make a donation online or they can find a, um, an interest um, uh, contact note to send us, say, hey, this is the, ch- the challenge we have. Um, how would you address it? And then we can reach out to them on the, in the business field. Well, we wish you the best. Thank God for what you do. And I'll tell you, we'd love to have you on again and talk more about this. And maybe you can fill us in on some new movies and so forth. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I appreciate, uh, appreciate your wealth of knowledge. You've been listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast, with new shows loaded twice weekly. Got a guest idea? Email us at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com and catch the show live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, coast to coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network.